0: Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Spike for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin show. 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 Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket.
1: Seven seconds. Osmosis. Six seconds. Murray gives it.
0: It's the Doctor. Miraculous! T.C. Martin. It's Murray Magic!
2: The Doctor, now in. Our number deuce here on a Monday. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you. Glad to have you here. The show, as you know, every day, 2 to 4 p.m. right here. And live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on Fridays, It is March 1. You know what that means. We are officially into March Madness. Bring it on. Winding down the college basketball season. Yes, March Madness is going to be here. It's going to be on time. And you got to get on over to the Cosmopolitan as well. We will be broadcasting live on that Friday. Where are we at with that? Uh, Less than three weeks away from that. All right, Selection Sunday coming two weeks from yesterday. And uh, the opening round of the tournament, uh, we'll enjoy that around March 19th. We'll be at the Cosmopolitan, of course, uh, at the Chelsea Broadcasting Live there. Hoops and Hops! So uh, get on the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas website to see how to get your tickets uh, for that. Get yourself a couch. Enjoy. We're so glad that Hoops and Hops is back. The quintessential March Madness party of all time. It is the greatest stuff. So the food, the viewing, uh, the crazies in the house. Betting stations, you gotta love it. Correct the mundo. All right, there we go. All right, let's talk. NFL breaking news that we heard a little bit earlier today. J.J. J. Watt is now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, the deal is a two year deal with the Cardinals. $31 million, 23 of that is guaranteed to J.J. Watt. He signs with the Cardinals. I think some people surprised because we heard the Cleveland Browns mentioned. We heard the Packers mentioned, uh, a few others as well too. And then the Arizona Cardinals, a team that you just wonder, okay, is this is what JJ Watt wants to hitch his wagon to Kyler Murray, still a a young quarterback, but still an up and down quarterback, but he will get to join, uh, his ex teammate, Deandre Hopkins, what were your thoughts when you heard about uh, the Cardinals and J.J. J.
1: Watt? I was a little bit surprised. I didn't really necessarily see them as a team. And, you know, at first I thought, well, can he really help that team much? And then I thought, well, you know what, they're they're competitive. They were in most of their games, you know. I I still don't know that, uh, you know, that he's that missing piece. But it shows that Arizona is, you know, being aggressive and trying to go after uh, a winning way. You know, they, they have a pretty good offense out there when things are, are clicking. So... You know, I mean good for him. I hope it works out. I uh, I think Arizona got themselves a, uh, you know, a potentially pretty good football player. I'm still not 100% sure about how healthy he is and if he's going to come back 100% and be the JJ Watt of old. He seemed to play pretty good at the end of last season. I know he's a team leader on the field and in the locker room and also in the community. So, you know, I I I cheer for JJ Watt. He seems like a quality human being, so I wish him nothing but the best. I still don't know that he makes Arizona any kind of a contender in reality.
2: You know, you look at that Houston Texans team, and you look at the defense, especially when him and Clowney were there together, and they have some other nice pieces as well. And despite J.J. Watt, I mean, they – you know, Deshaun Watson was spectacular this year for the Texans. There's no doubt about. it. But the defense was was not a top tier defense. As a matter of fact, it was it was towards you know the middle and the bottom part of the league. And I think JJ Watt thought that a lot of those defensive players and maybe offensive players as well. But I, it,
1: it, you got the feeling he thought that the players quit on the season. Oh yeah, that's why he called them out on that sort yep. of stuff. So and that's why I like his leadership when he came right out and said, "Look, I don't care if we're the worst team in the league." Every time we go out there, we owe it to our fan base and everybody else to give a 100 percent effort out there. So I do like that. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see if his leadership role in the locker room will help mean more wins
2: on the field. You could make the argument that J.J. Watt is a declining player as well, too. Now he missed 2016 because of the injury, like you brought up. How healthy is he? But since that injury his productivity has declined specifically the last couple of years as well too and if you believe in ratings and in all of that sort of thing uh you look at where he was early on in his career and i, I believe if you're grading him you know by position uh his actual grade in 2011 he was uh, i guess the, the eighth best lineman he was number two in in 2012 he was the first ranked lineman and this is all done. This isn't a popularity contest. This is productivity, and he was a number one for in 2013 and 14 and 15. But then he he declined after the injury in 2016 to 14th, third, ninth, and they say even even seventh the, this past year. So again, it, uh, that just depends. I mean, those are grading services. How much you buy into it? But he has not he has not been the same force. Is that because? that he's getting up there in age, he's had, you know, injuries are catching up with him or was it the lack of guys around him where he was getting double teamed all the time.
1: Yeah, and again, these are some of the questions that uh, we're probably going to see answered in Arizona a little bit. You know, there's no guarantee that he doesn't get double teamed in Arizona. You know, if he doesn't have the stats that you expect from him but you see other guys around him picking up their stats, then he could still be a success because maybe they're concentrating on him more. Um, like I say, he's got the winning attitude. He's saying all the right things. We'll see how it pans out for him. But fair or not, for some reason, and maybe this is just me, when I think of Arizona taking a shot at a guy who's a like a Hall of Fame guy or something, I always think of Emmett Smith. It's like, yeah, they got him way, way, way too late. He He wore a Cardinal uniform, but does anybody remember him as a Cardinal? No, he's the Dallas Cowboy guy. And I'm not saying J.J. Watt is at that point where his career's over and he's at the very tail end. But like you mentioned, since the injury, he hasn't necessarily been the same player. I'm hoping that he comes back and he's 100% ready to go and that he is a productive player on the field and gets back to the J.J. J. Watt that basically put fear in every offensive coordinator and every offensive lineman's head when they're about to face him. I just don't know.
2: I think it is kind of unfair to... Uh, compared JJ Watt to Emmitt Smith just for the fact that it is the position, okay, the running back position. I mean, look where Emmitt Smith's legs were and the injuries and the toll and all the yards that. And, he and had that's why it, I said, even yeah.
1: though it's not fair for right. some reason, that's what jumps in my head. And yeah. I said fair or not, and and I know it's not fair, but for, when I think of Arizona, I think when
2: they've made a move in the past that hasn't necessarily worked out. Right, and I you couldn't look at say let's keep it in that same fraternity, let's keep it in that same position. You look at a guy like Vince Wolfork, for example, okay. He was, he was phenomenal and he basically played the same position pretty much or close to it, the J.J. Watt there on the D-line. And, you know, once you know, he started bouncing around a little bit towards the end, he was really a non-factor. Um, you know, we're kind of seeing this with JD, J.J. and Clowney as well, too. You know, they were teammates there. But still, you know, he, that guy was, I don't want to say he was a bust, but just not really a lot of productivity there. J.J. Watt, I think, still has that motor. He still is that type of guy that is going to be a workout machine. And I, I believe that he probably still has enough left in the tank. Um, but, you know, he, he's with a team that, you know, you, you just look at it. I just, I, I'm i just not sold like you on the Cardinals. Now, he is going to reunite, like we mentioned, with DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver. So DeAndre Hopkins actually posted a, um, a photo four days after the Houston Texans released J.J. Watt back on February the 12th. So on the 16th, uh, DeAndre Hopkins posted a photo of himself and J.J. Watt photoshopped in Cardinals uniforms and uh, with the quote, let's finish what we started. Today, Hopkins posted, life is good in Arizona.
1: And, and you know, and that's probably a good sign. And, you know, again, I don't know how well Hopkins knows him because one's an offensive player, one's a defensive, but they were on the same team for a long time. He obviously admires J.J. Watt and knows what he can bring. The one thing that I will say, whether he succeeds or not, it won't depend on his lack of effort or not giving a hundred percent. And that's what I like about the move for Arizona, and that's why I like JJ Watt, because he's gonna give you everything he has out there. He's not gonna say, oh, well, the team is starting to struggle a little bit or I don't feel good today, so I'm gonna skip a workout or something. If he doesn't feel good, I have a feeling he's the type of guy that's gonna work out twice as long to try to make himself feel better. He's gonna give you all the effort. I just don't know how much the body's been broken down. But again, If he's ready to go and he can get back to that winning form, and we've seen guys in the past before too, sometimes it just takes a change of scenery and all of a sudden things get better. You get in an organization and you get on a team where people want to win again, they're excited to be there like Hopkins is, maybe that's all he needs. You know, Maybe just his presence on the field makes everybody else around him better. Some guys are like that. I'm hoping for the Cardinals, and I'm not a Cardinal fan, but I am a J.J. Watt fan because he does seem like a quality person. So I'm rooting for him. I hope all the best. I, I hope he gives him hell in that division.
2: You know, it is kind of strange, too, where you look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and it seemed like he wanted to get out of Houston. He saw the writing on the wall. He's saying a, a lot of the same things that, uh, uh, that uh, Watson has been yeah. saying, you know, recently. And now Watson gets out of there and he and mentioned J.J. Watt and his teammates and that sort of thing. But what was strange for me, watching DeAndre Hopkins play this year, He started off the season where he was their leading receiver. And then once you got to the halfway point, he was almost a non-factor. And I don't know what it was with Kyler Murray and himself, but whether they weren't on the same page or not, I I would never see Kyler Murray go to DeAndre Hopkins, especially in the the crunch time, in, in the second half. And there would be times, there would be games specifically, I remember, where Hopkins didn't even have a catch in the second half. And it's like, okay, you're going to go to Hopkins now. It's, you know, inside two minutes, you're down a score. And he would opt for other receivers. It was very, very strange. And then Hopkins never threw a fit. He was on the sideline just being very, very quiet. And this was very, very noticeable in in the broadcast that I'd watch the Cardinal games. And they'd say, where's Hopkins? He's he's gone missing here. And he'd just be on the sideline, sitting by himself. So this is kind of a weird dynamic. And a lot of it, I think, goes – with a young coach at Kingsbury. You know, here's a guy that, you know, you still not sold on as a coach and you got, you know, the quarterback that is still hot and cold. You know, their running game is is somewhat of a mystery as well too. The defense is supposed to be better than it has been in the past. So for me, I kind of look at this situation in in Arizona like it's kind of like Houston as well, too. And maybe this is why only a two-year deal here. J.J. Watt saying, I'm not sure I want to end my career and spend the rest of my time here, even though it's sunny Arizona. That's nice. But if you're really looking, like you said, at being with a contender, I'm not sure the Arizona Cardinals is the place a high-priced or a a guy who wants to end up in a Super Bowl really wants to be. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure either, and I guess that's how it's all going to play out. And you're right; it's it, it ever since the hail Murray in that one, all of a sudden they yep. they were all over everything. You're right; he did kind of, and I don't want to say he disappeared because, like you said, maybe it was just not going to him. But generally, when you have a receiver of that ilk and that talent and everything, he's your go to guy. And a fifty fifty ball is really more like a sixty forty ball or even seventy thirty because he has a he finds a way to go up and get it. But he can't go up and get it if you don't even throw it in his vicinity. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what went on there. Uh, but it seems to me that Hopkins is a little bit too good of a receiver just to use as a decoy. And even when he's double teamed, he still might be more wide open than some other guys that are single covered or whatever. So, I don't know what it was. We do know this.
2: Hmm. By not going to him, it didn't work out all that well for him. No, it didn't. It's not like they made the playoffs. No. Exactly, yeah. And you say he disappeared. He wasn't even targeted. It was It was just a weird, weird situation, weird dyma- dynamic, and especially the way he started off the season with the Cardinals. But uh, J.J. Wadd, the defensive side of the ball, he's there. We'll see what he brings to the table. We'll see what happens. Uh, signs a two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. That's so, a
1: nice guarantee, man.
2: That's a great guarantee. And I think... That's the bottom line. I think that's why he ended Uh, up there.
1: I was going to say when you said you know you're not sure he's a contender in this, and that I I think what made them the contender in his
2: mind was 23 guaranteed. You just wonder from the Packers' perspective. Okay, here's a guy that is from Wisconsin, went to the University of Wisconsin, loves Wisconsin, loved the Packers growing up, and basically said I would love to end up in Green Bay. And I think a lot of people, I think the media, were making more of that situation than it truly was. You never really heard JJ Watt say, "Hey." I I want to be a Packer or I want to meet with the Packers. Like a lot of these athletes, you know, they come out and tell you like, Hey, this is, this is my list. This is where I want to go. And we did see a short list and we saw the Browns for some reason. And we know that he did talk to the Browns. That was somewhat interesting, but you know, I I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why the Packers weren't in play unless it is my belief that it was a money situation. The Packers not known for diving out that kind of money and, you know, if it, if it was about money, then, okay, they're out of the mix. But from a, you know, competitive standpoint and playing with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers, and we know that they are friendly as well, too. It just seems a little bit strange. I know Packers fans are very, very disappointed that Watt didn't end up at Green Bay. But, again, this is going back to when Ted Thompson was involved with the Packers. And, and now with Mark Murphy, they continue that same realm of being a little bit on the cheap. And they've got to pay and Rodgers a ton of money. But there is that conversation that's still out there that Rodgers wants some more guarantees. He wants more money. And again, he wants to, to know that this team is going to be competitive. Maybe, you know, if J.J. had some conversations with the Packers or Aaron Rodgers... I guarantee you, Rodgers probably didn't have anything positive to say. Hey, we would love to have you here, but you know what? I'm not sure how long I'm going to be here. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that his short list of teams and that, and there
1: were a couple of, you know, you look at it, and you go, why are these the ones here? Are they, I think are Philly they, was are, on there, too, you know, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, are they the front contenders? Yeah. Are, but you know the one thing? Okay, so say Philly was on there, and then you have Arizona, and then you have Cleveland. The one thing that they have in common, they have young quarterbacks with maybe a future that they're trying to build a team around. Maybe that's one reason that Green Bay, you know, maybe he didn't want to go to a place. Well, how long is Rogers going to be there? Well, you're only signing a two-year contract. Yeah. So, so I don't know exactly what his what his motives were, what he was looking for, but it does seem weird because usually when you have a player that's been around for a little while, certainly incredibly established, money is a factor, but it seems more often than that they want to go, where can I go and be successful? And the teams on his list, like Cleveland had a nice – season this year but are they a super bowl contender Mm -hmm. is philadelphia a super bowl now we know that they were there not that long ago but they certainly fell that whole division that they're in by the wayside this year so it it would be interesting to sit down and really have an open honest conversation and say why these teams are you know what was it about them that made them that attractive
2: Mm mm-hmm you know it's funny you you bring up the point about Emmett Smith comparison, and I'm going, oh, you know, it's running back this and that, but I mean, you're right, you know J.J. Watt is is not the first you know uh, standout or could be future Hall of famer who ends up with the Cardinals. There is Emmett Smith, Edron James. there's another guy that ended up with the Cardinals. But a lot of people do not remember that. Kurt Warner. A little bit different though. Kurt Warner still had. I think he was kind of like J.J. Watt, where he had some some gas left in the tank. I mean, Kurt he was Warner fresh off the, the fresh Kurt, off the Rams in the Super Bowl. Kurt
1: Warner going to the Cardinals kind of reminds me of Montana going to Kansas City. Yeah, you know, he still had some game in him, but it wasn't necessarily enough to be the man and lead right. an entire team. He needed more talent around him.
2: Alan Faneca is uh, another guy that ended up the Cardinals. Really, don't think about him, but Edron James and Emmett Smith. I mean, you just really have to knock uh, your head against the wall to remember those guys wearing the red and white of the Cardinals.
1: And, and, and see, and, and for some reason, that's why, I, and that's why I brought up Emma Smith because I don't have to knock my head against the wall to remember him. I remember him going there, going, "What the hell is he doing? I guess he wants a couple more paychecks, a couple more seasons, maybe extend that rushing record or something." Because nobody, even the Arizona Cardinal fans. Don't think of Emmett Smith as an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. Like when he went into the Hall of Fame, it's like, what jersey is he going to wear? Yeah. Whose hat is he putting on?
2: It wasn't in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of this is the weather and the community and the living conditions there too. Uh, so much of that plays into the fact where guys are looking at, hey, a lot of these guys have homes in the off season in Arizona, like, okay, it's, it's more comfortable there. I want to be there. But if you're looking at for, you know, an up and coming franchise or a team that's, that's really knocked on the door of, of being a Super Bowl contender, it still isn't the Cardinals, even though they got a nice stadium and that sort of thing. And, you know, you're going to have sunshine, you know, 300 and probably 55 days of the year. Doesn't, you know, necessarily translate into victories on the football side. No, it certainly hasn't in the past for him. Yeah. And, and like I say, well,
1: again, I like J.J. Watt. I'm rooting for him. But how does it work out down there? I don't know. Nobody does. I do know one thing, and and I know we'll be talking to some sportsbook directors down the road and this, that, and the other, and we'll be talking to Scott Spreitzer here momentarily. I don't think this is a move where all of a sudden sportsbooks are going. We got to drop the odds on the Cardinals. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. It's not one of those things. Yeah, you know, but if, if it's a high-profile quarterback or wide receiver, maybe a little bit, but yeah, uh, probably not JJ J. Watt. Yeah. So, speaking of the NFL, th- you know, we are going to have a 17-game season, you know, next year, and still the NFLPA, they're, you know. Still trying to deal with the NFL, D. Maury Smith, and the the NFL owners want an eighteen game schedule, you know, moving forward. But right now they're at seventeen. Uh, right now there is talk that this could in- actually include a Christmas doubleheader, a Monday night wild card game, and a Super Bowl being pushed back a week. So Valentine's the, Day Super Bowl. We, we talked about that, right? That's the, one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up here. Are, are we really going to get to that again? And again, does that mean that you're going to push the season back prior to the Labor Day? I know you and I discussed this months and months ago. And you really don't want to get off of that Labor Day weekend as being the opening week, which I agree with. But here we go. We are going to have 17 games. It's going to be strange. It's going to be weird. Uh, Again, I don't recall another sport having an odd number of games no matter what it is, if it's 162 with baseball, it's 82 with the NHL, it's 82 with the NBA, it's been 14 with the NFL, it was 16 now for the past few decades, and now we're going to go to 17. Seems a little bit strange in that light. Uh, obviously, this does mean uh, one less, you know, exhibition game and in, in preseason, which they're they're all for with that. But uh, Still
1: the same bye weeks and that, nothing changing there.
2: Yeah, but again, the schedule's going to change too. Because remember, now you've got kind of an unbalanced schedule. And it sounds like week 17, as we know, we talked about this this last season, about there's a lot of uncompetitive matchups because the NFL has always liked to keep uh, teams within the, playing in the same division for that last week. Now you're talking about playing probably out of conference altogether. So, how interesting is that going to be as you get ready to head into the playoffs? So, will the, se- the season will then be extended to like the through the first week of January? Yeah.
1: Instead of ending on around New Year's oh, Day, yeah. yeah, which also means it's going to be interesting because does college football keep their championship right at that point, or is the NFL now going to? impede and be around that same time I mean I guess they still could because it's a Monday night and it'll right. kind of be like a Monday night football yeah, that after that change. weekend right so but but will it take away a little bit of the luster will it be you know it it, it, it is an interesting thing that they're doing it and then of course the playoffs get underway in that and it, it's a little bit deeper in the season so uh, I, I don't know you know but it's a it's um it, I'm not surprised that they're doing it Because the owners have wanted the 18 for a long time. Is this just the first step to get to that 18 that they've wanted all along? Will they finally uh, be like blackjack and stick on 17? I don't know. I guess we'll find out.
2: Yeah. So an example here, like the four AFC West teams played the four NFC North teams in 2019. In 2020, Kansas City finished in first place in the AFC West and Green Bay first in the North. So next season, the first place team in the AFC West will play against the first-place team in the NFC North. So that would mean Green Bay versus Kansas City. So the season would still start the Labor Day week, which we talked about. And the Super Bowl, as a result, would be pushed back to February 13th. Right. So you're close. Well, no, but you're the, one day away from your Valentines. Well, yeah, because Valentine's Day was a Sunday this know, year, and it would have been that way. So, yeah.
1: but, but down the road, if they continue this, there will be... It'll be a few years, but there's going to be a Super Bowl on Valentine's Day. It's,
2: you can't get any closer than this. Yeah, and the date would be the latest date ever for a Super Bowl.
1: Well, that is the closest without going over, that's for sure. That's so that would be a winner in the contest,
2: I in, guess. And so. the price is right. You know. There you go, my friend. There you go. Now is, is, is the MVP of that Super Bowl known as Mr. VD then? Because who wants that moniker? Yeah. <laughs> The pri- that would be the winner for the prices, right? <laughs> Not the... that that's yeah, There you go. You go over, you give that other yeah. sound. There you go. He was channeling his inner Steve Harvey.
1: And the winner of the contest is... Oh, wait. It was the other one? Oh, wait. Yeah. La La Land <laughs> won. Oh, wait. No, they didn't.
2: <laughs> Miss Jamaica.
1: Who was it? Maybe it was- <laughs> I
2: don't remember. <laughs> it,
1: I, I still think it's weird that I can't tell you who won that Academy Award that year. That La La Land didn't, but everybody talks about that.
2: La La Land was pretty good. I haven't and don't want to see it. All right. Uh, Should we give you the breaking news on who won the uh, Cartwright Family and Friends contest, or should we let him uh, do that this week? It's probably more exciting than the Golden Globes were last night. I saw that those were all over the place. I I I heard
1: a lot of people complaining about them. Really?
2: Yes. And I tried to hang with it last night. I did. I recorded it so I could fast-forward. I had absolutely zero interest. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's... There's too much of the Netflix and too much of the other stuff and this and that. And again, it was virtual. And, it, the, well, and the speeches the And when the people doing the, the promo say,
1: with any luck, this will be the last,
2: the last award show we'll ever have to do, they were mocking it themselves. Yeah. yeah. I probably hung with about the first hour, hour and 15 minutes, and that was enough for me. Now, when you say hung, did you watch it, watch it, or were your channel surfing in and out of it? No. So, like I said, so I recorded it. So that way, I could fast forward ah. to the commercials. That any of these type of award shows or any of these things, I've got to record it because I don't want to watch, sit through it and they'll end up channel surfing. And then what are you going to channel surf on a, on a Sunday night anyway? I mean, your college basketball is over, no, no NBA. I mean, that's why you know it, it's a standalone pretty much. You know, with these award shows going I on know. on the there, Sunday there, night,
1: there, there was on the fly. There was a really good uh, murder on snapped uh, snapped on uh, you know one of the TV channels. IDTV had some good stuff on. Serial kill interviews on there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's that's your
2: genre, Charles Manson. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so even though I recorded it, I tried to hang with it, and I go, nah. And and when I saw that uh, Brian Cranston did not win for your honor, I said, that's it. I mean, how how can he not win for your honor? And then Don Cheadle didn't win for Black Monday. And then uh, Jason Sudeikis goes on there, and he's not even... uh, he prepared to give a speech and he's in his house and he's in a t-shirt and he's going, uh, wow. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, oh, I'm low-key faded, bro. Yeah, yeah. It looked like Ezekiel Elliott to a certain degree. It was, it was crazy. It was totally unprepared. And then, you know, the guys, it's all virtual and they're, they're up on the screen and they're like want to hang with the guy and they want him to say something meaningful. And then finally, I loved it. John, Don Cheadle was going like, all right, wrap it up, Jason. I mean, say something at least. He goes, oh, yeah, you're right, Don. i got to wrap it up. So it, it's – yeah. Say, say I, gu- they lost me after that category. Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I guess what – yeah, best, best actor in a, in a comedy. See, like
1: there's so many of those things, and I know that you're more into that stuff because your daughter's in theater and this, that, and the other. I don't – I mean, how do the Golden Globes compare to the Oscars or the other ones? Because there's so many damn awards show. I don't even know
2: – Well, to be fair, I mean, legitimately – when it comes to that, it's it's probably number two compared to the Academy so, Awards. So and the so it's
1: right behind the, it the is, Academy. But awards, here's the so. deal: okay? it, it's
2: ahead of People's Choice. I think so. Yeah, Golden yeah. Globe. Is, I miss the old Spike okay. TV awards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Get this guy slimed, okay? Oh, different network. No, right? no, no. That's Nickelodeon. I, I, that's I, know, I know.
1: Spike I TV care. was. was
2: Uh, Spike TV was the antlers, and they always had some buxom ladies on there. No, but the Golden Globes. Okay, Here's what's kind of unique about the Golden Globes. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, always did well with the Golden Globes, so I I love that. But the Golden Globes is the Hollywood Foreign Press. All right, so it's, this is the, all the foreign press that are voting, not the American press here. And it's not just film like the Academy Awards. It's television as well, too. So I think that's why it gets people's attention. And it was always in more of a ballroom setting where they'd serve at dinner. and Yeah, it was kind of cool because they incorporated TV and movies. And it was always the first award show of the year, usually in February. So it's like, okay, that's the hype. But, again, a lot of the other copycats, you're right. But still, you got the Grammys for the music, Academy Awards for the film, Golden Globes for the Hollywood Foreign Press TV slash uh, movies. Yeah, for me, that's it. Now, the Tonys, pretty cool. But then, again, if you're not into Broadway in plays, then you're probably not interested in the Tonys. But, but those are the major ones. Okay. <laughs> it is coming with Spike TV and, and everything else. Oh, you know what you're— Spike TV was entertaining. You know what you're into, brother. Yeah, we're getting the land of the thousand dances right now. How about when the WWF back in the day, they did their awards, right? The Slammies. The Slammies, there you go. The Slammies was good, baby. There you go. I enjoyed Best the Best music video, all that stuff. What is he doing? This is not Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah, you're talking about my theme song, brother, coming down the aisle. Yeah, but this has got nothing to do with music, video. Elizabeth, get back over here. Get away from that numchuck. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This numchuck don't know what he's talking about. It's time to go to break me, Gene. Can we do that? What do you got for me, man? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a macho, man. You can't match a, a, a wrestling voice. You got a wrestling voice? Go ahead. <laughs> the only wrestling voice I really do is macho, man. <laughs> <laughs> How about Machu Man meets Monty Python? He said
1: oh, well, you know, I don't know about the golden Globes, But there's a pink one on it,
2: <laughs> Listen, listen to this clown on the other side we got over here! I don't know what you're playing! That's not that's not even Wilson Pickett Land of a Thousand Dances. The WWF All-Stars Land of a Thousand Dances. You're like over for 3. What are you doing? Na 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 na! Come on, Shiki, baby, Shiki, do it like this. You don't know what I'm talking about? Of course you know what I'm talking about. Of course you don't know what I'm talking about because you can't get it up. You call 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 him what you normally call him. There we go. There we go. We'll go to the break with this. How's this? Great. We're going to the break with Numchuck can't get it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? Bonnie Maroney. Scott Spritzer joins us. Coming up next. We got some picks for tonight. Woo! Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Where's Nikolai Volkov when you need him? Oh, there he's Captain go. Lou. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> oh, T.C. <beauty laughs> Martin Show. Oh, you're such a on a wrestling Monday. The T.C. Martin Show is back.
1: Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a
2: halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! The doctor is
1: now in. All
2: right, glad to have you with on Monday. Don't forget, we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on Friday, each and every Friday, our Friday home. So come on out. Enjoy the show live from there. All right, Vegas Golden Knights. Tonight, the night. And if you are one of the lucky 2600... That have tickets will be in attendance. Remember, follow those protocols we touched upon a little bit in the first hour. No bags, three-layer masks must be worn, no bandanas, no nunchuck neck gaiters. We know what a neck gaiter is now, right? Nunchuck uh, walking around. How's everybody always picking on me? Fans must complete their health questionnaire before entering the arena via the app Clear. And fans will... Enter the arena based on their seating locations given a suggested arrival time. And like you said, Frank, I'm sure everyone got their notices, uh, you know, emails, um, example fans in sections 1 through 20, 101 through 120, and 201 through 227 will enter in the main entrance at Toshiba Plaza. And then uh, the suite holder tickets, they'll enter over on the west side. And T-Mobile, remember, transition into a full cashless system. Cash will not be accepted. They're encouraging you to just bring your bank card and uh, your driver's license if you need that. And, and that's it. And it's a smoke-free environment as well, too. And after the game, fans will be released based on the section and location they're sitting in. Sitting in. And uh, parking is complimentary. That's great news for fans as well, too. At The New York, New York Park MGM, the MGM Grand, and the Excalibur as well. So looking forward to tonight's action. The Minnesota Wild coming to town for games Monday and Wednesday and fans in attendance for the first time tonight.
1: Yeah, everybody always dreams of somebody saying your money's no good here. Well, at team mobile tonight, <laughs> it's literally no good. However, your credit cards are. <laughs> Absolutely. Usually it's cash only. Or debit cards or whatever. Right yeah. Now it's debit yeah. cards only. Now it's no cash. Card only. There
2: it is. All right, Scott Spritzer joins us. Our handicapper extraordinaire, Doc Sports, the man who's been around town for so long. He is having now more food pictures on social media than me. You may have eclipsed me now, Scott. No. no, 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 no. Well, maybe not.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. I probably eclipsed you on the different kinds of food. <laughs> yes. This is... Um... This that part's true. true. Yeah. Um, by the way, you, you didn't say the most important part about the VGK tickets. Are there any left, and what's the
2: cost? Oh, my goodness. So, well, uh, scalpers are, are out there. I know a buddy of mine who paid 1200 to sit down uh, close to the ice tonight. I'm going to be right by the ice on my couch. <laughs> That's it. Well, I was, going to, I was going to ask you, because I know you're a big Golden Knights fan, and uh, you love bringing your your daughter, who is a big hockey fan, big Golden Knights fan. Did you attempt to try to get tickets on Thursday? Did you go through that uh, nonsense or that mess? Or that For headache? about
0: two seconds, and then I saw that it was going to be impossible. Yeah. Plus, I, I do have a, a certain threshold that I'll cut off paying tickets. You know, the amount of, tickets, or the amount of money that I'll spend on a ticket, and... Mm-hmm. I, I think we spent about 600 on two tickets for a playoff game the first season. It was the 7 nothing win over San Jose. Right. And I thought it was great because it was almost $100 a goal, which was <laughs> fine with me. Um, but we had an absolute blast, my daughter and I, and uh, it was worth every penny. But $1,200 on a regular season game? I, I I won't go that I won't go that route.
2: <laughs> so we, we so we talked with Double B about this at the Cosmopolitan. He played the game and he got in and, and got tickets. And the uh, the prices were not that much more than face value because a lot of uh, word you know leading up to this were that okay tickets were going to be much more expensive because you have a short schedule limited limited capacity too. But when you balance it out, it it didn't seem like that there was the guys that were paying for their season tickets, at least season ticket holders, were basically paying the same price per ticket that they were the past couple years. Well, that's
0: good to hear. I mean, I know, like, you know, the rumor, this is the rumor, of course, with them and with the minor league baseball team that's here is that, you know, the tickets are so many of them are going to go to brokers, like right out of the blocks, you know, and then you got to pay crazy prices. I know last year when the uh, new stadium opened and, uh, you know, we went to a few games or two years ago, I should say, um, it was a situation where the first month of the season, you would be paying 60 or 70 bucks for a minor league baseball ticket through brokers. And, you know, I think we did it once just to see the stadium that was at until things got a little bit more normal about halfway through the season. But uh, so it's good to hear, man. I, you know, you want to hear people getting a chance to go. Uh, you want to hear people not getting gouged, especially a lot of people who have, you know, lost their gigs, lost their small businesses, and you want to see those people taken care of.
2: You got it. Scott Spritzer joins us. Doc Sports. All right, Scott, I want to talk to you, and we touched about it the first hour, the Vegas Golden Knights deal with this company out of Mexico Do you know anything about this company? I
0: don't. All I know is they were out of Mexico. I don't know anything about them other than what we saw when the partnership was first announced last week. But, you know, again, just because I don't know any of them that are with this company or have never heard of that company doesn't mean they're not legit and do things right. It doesn't mean they win. It doesn't mean they lose. You know, I just don't know them. Uh, They've been around, all I know, since 2017. The only thing I was going to say is that when I first saw this partnership announced, Yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm all for free market and all that kind of stuff. But I just think there's at some point, there's got to be a standard set where, you know, professional sports teams, college teams of any sport, you know, cannot be lining up with a group that might be giving out your team or against your team that particular day. Because, again, people's minds tend to go off track a little bit. And if they hear the slightest little thing, that there could be a problem and conspiracy theories, you know, this day and age, they go nuts with it. And so public perception means so darn much to all these organizations and professional sports. So even if there was nothing nefarious going on, and I would would believe that the Vegas Golden Knights would not get involved with anything that's a little bit off, obviously they wouldn't. Uh, But the public perception is there and public perception means more than reality in a lot of cases nowadays. So For me, it was like I was surprised that they did it. I was really surprised that the NHL okayed it. And now I I say this kind of in a humorous sense, but maybe not completely. I just want to know who did the deal and if they still have a gig.
2: Well, here's the deal, too. And you're the perfect person to talk about this because you are in this business and been in this business for a long time, and you work for one of the most reputable companies. So, for you to say that you really haven't even heard of of Upic, and you just clarified they've only been around since 2017, we know they're based in Mexico. But with the Golden Knights, you know, still being, I still want to say kind of in their infancy, you know, into year number four here, you said that you were surprised that they did this deal, but. Do you think there could have been the possibility here, Scott, that they did not fully know what the pick business or the tout service business is all about? Could they have possibly confused this with a sportsbook entity? Because they have their deal with a sportsbook entity, but it just seems very, very strange that they enter into this, they get the backlash, and they go, wait a minute, now we got to get out of this deal as quickly as we could. They signed it on Wednesday, and now we hear on Saturday, they're done with the deal. Do you think that they just really fully didn't understand the business?
0: There's a slight chance that they didn't know that they were actually giving out picks. You know, there's always that chance. Hey, listen, it's no different than selling advertising or partnering with the sports book. Sports book is there to take your money. Most pick services are there to try to win money. Uh, We don't stay in business if we lose more than we win. It's about as simple as that, where the sports books have kind of gotten a free ride. We do everything to take your money. We give you bad odds. Uh, We give you futures that uh, are ridiculously off from where they should be. And you come in, and if you beat us, we go out of business. But, you know, if you lose, which is what we need, we win. So I I think it's the exact same thing as partnering up with the sports book. However, public perception uh, says that it's not. You've got, like, Darren Rovell writing these articles. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Not Darren Rovell, but David Purdom writing these articles uh, and all of us it's just negative stuff left and right, but yet they'll praise sportsbooks who are there to take your money. And I'm not picking on sportsbooks. Casinos are the same. A 98% payback win rate is not a good thing when you sit down at a casino slot machine, but it's advertised as though it is. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's just about public perception. Somebody probably didn't realize exactly what was going on. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that you're going to get yourself into trouble perception-wise if you've got a PICS partnership with somebody who might give out a team. Listen, we hear people all the time back in the, you know, 90s saying, I've got inside information. Inside information is garbage. If you ever hear anybody saying, I've got inside information on a game, uh, then run the other way, because they don't. You know, it's about as simple as that. I think the last time there was inside information on a game was when Lefty Rosenthal (laughs) was running the Stardust Hotel and Casino. So it's been a while. But um that it's just about perception so I was really surprised that VGK and a league a sports league allowed it to happen because of the perception and you know again for me it's no different than partnering up with a sports book except for the fact that public perception is where it is.
1: You know Scott you talk about the public perception and if there's a silver lining in this from the way I'm looking at it the good thing is they got out at least as early as they did in that because If they would have actually had this partnership and whether the picks that you pick put out there won if they had the Golden Knights or if they lost, you know that people on either side would be screaming they had inside information or they don't know what they're talking about or this, that, or the other. This could have gotten a lot uglier if they didn't get out when they did, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. I would have been very upset if I would have woke up and found out a company I
0: was working with had signed this deal because it can cause, it can open up so many cans of worms, and it, there might not even be anything bad going on, anything underhanded going on. But it, it just opens up so many issues. Again, we're kind of a weak-minded society where we believe the worst all the time, where we believe in conspiracies. So you got to play to that, and that's the bottom line. I would have been upset. I remember there was a couple of people who sent it out on docs when the when the, uh, the deal was first done last week, and they sent it as an in-house email, and they were. You know, everybody's kind of talking about it a little bit. Hey, did you see this, you know, this thing with the VGK? And, and I said, I would bet right now about uh, minus 500 that it fails real quick. And it's because of that. It's because people are going to think there's something funny going on. You can't do that, obviously, as a sports league, a sports team, whether it be college or a pro. You just can't open that door and open that can of worms. So they are, to answer your question, I think they're very fortunate uh, that they listened to what was being said, listened to the perception, and got out of it as quickly as they did. Because I think what probably happened is the person who was working the deal or the gig didn't quite understand what it meant by they were going to be giving out picks on games, didn't quite understand the perception of it. Um, again, it's not... It's not any different to me than a sports book being partnered up with the league, but the perception is greatly different.
1: And, and again, like you said, when it comes to perception and that kind of stuff, it's kind of like I'm going to go way back. When Pete Rose said, well, I never bet against the Reds, I only bet with them. If, if they would have kept this deal and you pick would have said, go with the Golden Knights tonight, they'd have said they have inside information. If they'd have said, hey, you know what, um, the Golden Knights are going to lose tonight, take the other side they'd have said, oh, they know about an injury or something like that. They were setting themselves up for a no-win situation in the long run. Of course.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, because, you know, again, people are going to think what they think. We got, you know, a, a, again, so they're going to think that no matter what. So you've got to get out of the deal. So my thought is, again, is that the person who was setting the deal up with the VGK didn't probably doesn't follow the service industry that much. And by service industry, I'm talking about the pick-selling industry. And so they didn't know What the perception was going to be, or they would have never got involved. Um, You know, that's that's all I can think of. I mean, again, there's no way that they're going to win. As you said, it's a it's a no win situation. Um, You could even say, well, we're not giving out Vegas Golden Knights. Remember when the books didn't give out or didn't let you bet on Nevada or on UNLV sports back in the day? You know, that was back in the 1990s. You, You couldn't bet on UNLV. You couldn't bet on Nevada because at the time the perception was that there could be something funny going on with those programs according to the books needing this side or needing that side. And then the books did a very good job of letting people realize how silly that mindset is. Well the one thing about the pick service industry that they haven't done yet is let people know how silly the thought of selling both sides are, as Pertham had, you know, again, didn't accuse, but he says they have been accused by others, how, how crazy that is, how quickly you will go out of business. There were services back in the day that did that in the 80s and 90s. They're no longer in business. Those people are doing something else at this point of their lives. And, but they haven't done a good job of cleaning that up. So I'm, I'm guessing that the person who signed the deal for VGK just wasn't in tune with the pick right. service enough to understand what the backlash would be, and I don't blame them for that. You know, that's just not something, if you're not into it, you're not going to follow.
2: Final thing here, Scott, real quick, uh, is that the thing that I thought was strange was, why would you partner with a company in Mexico when there are so many reputable ones here in the U.S., specifically here in Vegas? If you're going to partner, why wouldn't you do that?
0: Because nobody here would even approach a professional team to do that, Mm -hmm. and this group, you know, decided they were going to go that route and decided they were going to build a brand by partnering up. So I, I, would, I, mean, I would bet, and we'd go talking about betting, and I'd make the price pretty high as this <laughs> being the favorite that the company out of Mexico approached BGK and for some reason thought that that would be the right way to do it. Like I said, as soon as I saw it in emails and in in-house emails from other docs people, I'm like, you know, I'll lay the price right now. This <laughs> fails. This fails in a hurry.
2: Minus I think 100. it'll work. I love it. There it is. All
0: right, got a quick college hoop game tonight.
2: A little hockey. Yeah, it's what going
0: do you th- real quickly, like in about eight minutes, and it's the only one I got tonight, and it's Campbell, uh, who have by the way, though, moved from a one-point dog to a one-and-a-half-point
2: favorite. So he's ready. with Gardner-Webb. He's turning ready. All right, a Wild and Knights tonight. What's the price? What do we got? Who I'm telling you, man, the Wild know how to play the Knights,
0: don't they? And they know how to win on the road, seven and three on the road. I'm looking at Vegas as a buck-35 favorite offshore, buck-45 favorite offshore in the state of Nevada, and it looks like it'll be Marc-Andre Fleury again.
2: Yeah, we know it. All right, buddy. All right, Scott, appreciate it. You can follow him at docsports.com. That's where you go. Check him out there. And uh, we'll look forward to talking a lot of college hoops here as we approach March Madness, buddy. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me, man. There he is, Scott Spreitzer, Doc Sports. There it is. All right, want to thank him for joining us today, as well as Matthew Holt from U.S. Integrity. All right, Golden Knights win tonight or what? Uh, I think it's going to be tough. Minnesota plays them very tough. Mm -hmm. Even though they haven't played this year.
1: However, Marc-Andre Fleury gives the Golden Knights a chance to win pretty much every game.
2: All right, fans, if you are going to the game, be careful. Uh, Abide by your time and everything else. And uh, we'll reconvene tomorrow and talk all about this. Terrible Tuesday tomorrow. Plus, Trevor Maddich joins us. We'll talk more about the J.J. Watt deal and more. Have yourself a good one. Go to the website. Check out the interview page, tcmartinshow.com.